Once again, we're thankful to be together this evening. Uh, I'm very happy to uh, be here. You have been so kind, so cordial, and so nice, so sweet. And Y'all must be Christians. Y'all must be people of God. Uh, and I can, if I go home to judgment tomorrow, I'll testify, Lord, I bet some of your people were for real. Uh, they exhibited your kindness and your love and, and uh, uh, make sure that next to mine that they get a mansion on my street. <laughs> Thank you so much for the kindness, hospitality, uh, in, in being able to share with you uh, this, this week. Uh, and uh, now when it comes to eating, uh, I'm not going not, not gonna to do a whole lot, all right? So if you plan something like you know, ribs and stuff like that, uh, that, that's out of my purview right now. Uh, my wife and I, we've been working on ourselves. And uh, last week and a half, I've lost eight pounds. I didn't come down here, and Andrew's looking for them to take them back with me. So uh, I, I'm going to try to stay as much as I can for because I appreciate uh, Bob and Marla so much. I'm going to break protocol a little bit on the night and then with the ladies uh, on Tuesday morning. I think we're going we're going to a Mexican, and since I have been in Tennessee, uh, a good after living in California and Texas, good a good uh, a, a place like that has been hard hard to find. So I'm going to really splurge uh, on, on that day. But we appreciate the uh, hospitality and the kindness. And uh, tomorrow evening uh, we'll do what we had uh, on the schedule for uh, this morning. Uh, by living by faith in a fiery world, and then the rest of the week will be, as as was outlined, uh, Tuesday, filthy world, and then on uh, Wednesday, a frightening world. So uh, we appreciate your patience in uh, tolerating uh, us as we broke court protocol and, and went away from that. But we're just, just thankful tonight to uh, be together and uh, be able to study the Word of God uh, together. Uh, we started off this morning with the uh, living by faith as we face this world, to try to do our best in our meager way to help us to understand what real faith in God is all about. And uh, based on Hebrews 11, uh, 1 and Hebrews 11 and 6 and other passages, but just remembering faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Uh, we move based upon what God said because we believe what God said. And then this morning we talked about uh, living in a faithless world where less, fewer and fewer people in our country uh, believe in God. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, East Jackson started supporting a, a, mis a, a missionary uh, who uh, works in Thailand. And uh, there probably 90% of the people are Buddhists. Uh, and then another uh, 7% or so maybe are uh, uh, of the uh, Islamic faith and then a small percentage of the so-called quote-unquote Christian faith uh, from that global thought of the world. Uh, but uh, uh, he's doing an effective work there and uh, even uh, there's been a monk that's been converted to Christ. Uh, he gave up a lot in order to uh, become a Christian. Uh, but uh, the, in their world, uh, the Christian faith is very minuscule. And we're thankful for men like uh, Brother Sammy who uh, do that work. 
uh, here in the United States is different, but it's changing. It's changing. And so we need to expand our knowledge of the evidence, the expectations, the experience, and the election of God. Isaiah tonight. Turn to Isaiah 46, verse number 9 and 10. And the ladies who are having their activities have already uh, let me know tonight. <laughs> no. uh, but we're going we're gonna to be, be timely. Um, uh, whatever that means to a preacher. Isaiah 46 and verse 9 and 10 says from the New King James, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. Uh, we want to springboard from that passage of scripture tonight to talk about living in a futuristic world. Living in a futuristic world. I remember some years ago reading predictions of the kinds of things that were going to come to pass that are now come to pass in our day. And I'm, I marvel, I marvel at what technology was expected to bring our way. Uh, before it actually came to pass, I had read about how that one day we would have the ability to do video phones. Uh, and we would be able to make calls and see the person that we're talking to. Well, uh, we can do that right now. Pick up your cell phone. In fact, the other day, we showed a picture to some young people of a phone with a rotary dial and asked them what that was, and they didn't even know. Uh, technology has changed. I now have the ability to call my wife, and we can see each other when we talk. Years ago, I, I remember reading about having voice activated this and voice activated that. Uh, and now we turn our lights on and off with, uh, with our voice. We lock and unlock doors uh, with just the word. And in the past, I can remember some of those futuristic movies uh, and read in magazines of having cars that could drive themselves. Now here we are in 2023 and there are already models of cars doing that. Some of you have those cars now that you can push a button and it'll stay in the path and stay on the road and stay uh, at the speed and all that. I, I, ain't, I ain't ready yet. Even if I had a car like that, I'm not going to be on the freeway pushing the button and expect the car. I, I'm just not there yet. But that just shows you how technology is advancing. We live in a futuristic world. Uh, this, this, this world uh, is a world where technological advances progress from day to day and each day some new technological marvel uh, is, is revealed. You know, we buy a computer today and it's outdated tomorrow. We buy a phone today and it's outdated tomorrow. Uh, I, I still have and I use the Wii game system. See, I'm looking happy. I don't even know, especially y'all don't, don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but, uh, you know, when the Wii came out, we got the Wii. You know, we were going to exercise with the Wii and play games with the Wii. And, and the Wii went by the wayside uh, uh, very quickly. But I still play uh, with, my, with my Wii. All I'm trying to show you is, is that things that 
uh, technology is moving so rapidly that what's new today is old tomorrow. And some of these advances affect how we worship and how we work for the Lord. Uh, many people, instead of uh, paper, uh, book-type Bible, like my wife, he uses a tablet. Some use a cell phone. Preachers, uh, I know preachers that have their sermon outlines on the tablet and they, and they, they preach from that. Uh, we can project uh, scriptures from the word and songs on the screen. And I and others are doing uh, what I'm doing tonight is using PowerPoint to accompany our messages so that we can hear and see and discuss uh, uh, what we heard so that hopefully it will stick with us uh, after we leave the assembly. Technology helps us reach parts of our country and our world that we might not otherwise reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the good things that came out of the COVID and the going to streaming and other things like that is that other people began to see, other people began to tune in. Uh, we recently baptized a young man who has become a blessing to the church. He was baptized, become involved uh, because he had uh, heard a message uh, by way of the streaming service from another gospel minister that lives down there in Memphis. And he came and inquired heard the gospel, and was baptized into Jesus Christ. At East Jackson, we have a radio program. We have a television program. We have a website. And, and uh, in fact, Pope will tell you now today, if you ain't on the web, uh, then you do not exist. Uh, we are live streaming our services over the Internet. We are living in a futuristic world that becomes more technologically advanced day by day. Internet. And TV, though, will never replace some things. It will never replace one-on-one. -on -one. Because studies still show that the vast majority of those who are led to Christ are led by the efforts of a live, flesh-and-blood person in face-to-face -face contact with another flesh-and-blood person. That shows us that some things that God set in order are still binding in spite of the advances that are made. For a long time ago, God saw fit to place the treasure of the gospel in earthen vessels of human beings. 2 Corinthians 4, beginning with verse 5, the Bible says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Christ's sake. For it is God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 7, But... We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Notice he says God has done some live streaming. He's caused the light uh, to shine out of the darkness. He's shown in the hearts the light of the knowledge. God has done that part of it, but God has left us with the responsibility in that he placed this treasure in earthen vessels. Notice that the same master who saved then is the same master who saves now. The same message that saved then is the same message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ and him crucified, that saves now. The same might that saved then is the same might that saves now. It's the power of God. And the same basic method that saves then is the same method that saves now 
earthen vessels, human beings who personally shine as lights and share the message with other human beings. Because it is when you are around people, when we are around people, that we really shine the light. You cannot shine as bright, I believe, on social media. Because one of the things about social media is, is that people can pretend very well in social media. Uh, and when I was counseling, I counseled a couple of couples that uh, had met on social media but had not spent enough face-to-face time to really get to know each other. I counseled one couple that came in and they had, they had met on social media and, and got married six weeks after making contact. Uh, but then when it came to uh, their lives together, uh, it just was not good because one of the things she found out that what she saw is not what she got. <laughs> Hello. So, 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 and, and the thing about it is, you know, we'll do everything, and I'm off my outline, but that's good anyhow. We'll do everything on social media, but glorify Christ. I'm still uh, uh, trying to get out people now, uh, even when it comes to the area of evangelism. I tell them every week, what you ought to do is go on social media and tell something about the worship service that helped you, or some song in the service, or maybe you heard a scripture, or something in the sermon. Go on social media and, and make some compliment about what you uh, gleaned from being in the worship of the Lord. And folks still ain't doing that, but, but boy, they'll get on there and they'll spread other stuff. They'll get on there and they'll talk about other stuff. All I'm trying to say is that social media is good every now and then. I go on Facebook and all of that kind of stuff. But what I'm trying to tell you is we're going to be more effective in being the earthen vessels that God would have us to be in which he has placed the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the man who is saved who shares with the man who is lost. It's the one that's in Christ that's going to share with those that are still in darkness. It's the one that has the knowledge of God who shares with him that's lacking in knowledge. It's the one that had responded to the gospel call uh, that's going to call others to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In spite of technology, we still use human beings, a God does, in order to accomplish his purpose. Now, that doesn't mean we can't use technology as long as we're under the will of God as we do so. But we must never lose sight of the fact that there are some limits to technology and some responsibilities that only earthen vessels can fulfill. For there is one thing that we must always remember. The future might surprise and amaze me and you, but the future never surprises or amazes God. God sees tomorrow like it was yesterday, folks. Nothing sneaks up on God. Nothing surprises God. Nothing is unknown to God. In in fact, the technology that I find so amazing is really absolutely minuscule in the sight of God. Because man can say, I made a camera. God say, that's nothing. I made the eyeball on which your camera is based. Man can say, I made the internet. God says, that's nothing. I gave my word through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Man can say, I made a cell phone. But God says, that's nothing. I made the eardrum to hear the phone and the vocal cord so you could use the phone. Man can say, I made a computer. 
God says, that's, that's nothing. I made a human brain and your computer will never have the capacity uh, that I put in that one human brain. Man can say, I made life better. But God says, that's nothing. I made life itself. But God says, that's nothing. For you cannot stop men from the appointment that I put in place that men will die and after death the judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. God will say to us, before you come to me bragging, try reaching out into nothing and speak nothing into something. Before you come bragging to me, try forming man from the dust of the ground and breathing into him the breath of life. Before you come bragging to me, try creating a universe and putting planets in orbit, uh, in orbit just at your word. Before you come bragging to me, try finding a way to save yourself from your sins and your iniquities. And even when you come before me bragging about what you have done, go back and be reminded by King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, that that you've done nothing that I have not allowed you to do. For I am God. And I told you over in Acts 17, 23 through 31 that I made you, I determined your appointed times and boundaries of your habitation. I am the one in whom you live and move and have uh, your being. I'm the one who's going to judge you in the last day. We must remember that the future doesn't surprise or amaze God, for he knows the future like it was yesterday. As we read in Isaiah 49, I am God, there is no other, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient time the things which are done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. Therefore, in our futuristic and technological world, we must still live by faith. Live by faith in the God who made us. And who watches over us. And I even say to our younger people, you must live by faith. Because you're going to run into a lot of stuff, even on social media, that is going to try your heart. And some young people have let it destroy their lives. Because somebody will get on social media and they'll say something about you. Say something about that person. And then that something is spread from one until the other. And then you think, then uh, this person put, posts they don't like you. And another person posts they don't like you. And another person posts they don't like you. When you run into situations and times like that, you need more than technology in order to be able to carry you through. And I'm saying to even to our younger people tonight, you need to make sure as well that you live by faith. In the God who's going to help you through. Because we must not allow technology to cause us to do things that are not God's will or the pullers in the habits that will disrespect God. So two things, just two things tonight. Uh, one is, uh, we must always follow the eternal word. Follow the eternal word. No matter how advanced we get in our futuristic world, we still need something that's going to guide us from earth to glory. That something has to be the word of God. In fact, to live by faith, we have to live by what is taught in the word because faith comes by hearing the word, Romans 10 and verse 17. We can never cast the word aside for the ways, the thoughts, and the inventions of men. 
For the fact remains is that the more man advances, the less respect he has for God. We get to thinking that our technology is what's going to carry us through and that if we can invent this or we can invent that, we can figure our way out of everything. But technology can heal our souls. According to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we are more than just flesh. We are also soul and spirit. And what matters most is what's going on in the inner man. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 tells us that the outer man can be perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. God's word is what helps us live in the body, but also it has what we need for the spirit and the soul. Besides that is the fact when God gave us his word, he gave us something that would be effective for every period of time and every circumstance that we would face. Psalms 119 and 160 says, The entirety of your word is true, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. The writer tells us there that everything that God wrote is true, and it's eternal truth. God didn't give us a word that was going to only last for a few years, uh, that would last for even a hundred years. God gave us a word to teach us and guide us until man faces eternity. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Matthew 24 and verse 35. But, Jesus said, my word shall not pass away. 1 Peter 1 and verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, the glory of man is as the flower of the grass, the grass withereth and the flower fades away, but the word of God endures forever. I'm saying God's word is always relevant. It was relevant for the baby boomer generation. It was relevant for generation X. It was relevant for generation Y. It was relevant for generation Z. It's relevant for the generation we call the millennials. And it will stand and be relevant for whatever we call the next generation and all generations after that. If you believe God, then you have to believe the word of God. And you believe the word of God. uh, And as you believe the word of God, you understand that God's word is authoritative. That means that what God says in his word is truth and it must be obeyed. It is supreme authority, our supreme authority in spiritual matters and how to please God. Colossians 3.17 talks about whatever you do, uh, do it in the name or by the authority, Acts 4, verse 7, of Jesus Christ. That means that what God says, we have to do. We can't argue with it. We can't disregard it. We can't cast it off as irrelevant. Uh, We live in a world today where people tend to defy authority. That's sometimes a problem confronted by police. We have Uh, four or five police officers in our congregation. And and I asked them, uh, even as I uh, was putting it together uh, some time ago, they talk about the dilemma that they have when when they will tell people uh, to stop in the name of the law and they don't stop. They tell people, let me see your hands, and those people keep their hands in their pockets. They tell people, drop their weapons, and those people will refuse to comply. We defy authority, and sometimes it has tragic ends, yes, In school, people defy authority. In the home, people defy authority. In the streets, 
well, maybe these days, I don't know when I was growing up, uh, you defied authority one time. If you were still alive, then you didn't defy authority no more, unless you, you did it sneakily uh, when you were away from home. Amen, old people. But people today defy authority, and even the authority of God. Israel did that in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 6, 16, thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see. Ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and you'll find rest to your souls. But what did they say? Ain't going to do it. We will not walk therein. Notice it was the Lord who said walk this way and they said we ain't going to do it. It was the Lord that said take this path and they would absolutely refuse. It was the Lord that said go the way that I tell you to go and like a rebellious child says you ain't the boss of me. They refused to obey God. But then they later found out that God is the boss. They suffered ruin, anguish, suffering, and captivity due to their rebellion against God. But we're sometimes the same way. We hear God's word and we refuse to obey. We stop looking at the Bible, the word of God, as the absolute authority in our lives. Even though 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 still says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped unto every good work. When it comes to how to please God, the Bible is the authority in how to do that. When it comes to what's right and what's wrong, it's not the Supreme Court. It's not the government. The Bible is the authority on that subject. When it comes to how you and I live and how we should walk, how we worship in spirit and in truth, the Bible, I take the stand, is the one and only authority. It is so much of an authority that it will either save you or condemn you. John twelve forty eight. we mentioned that one this morning. But Jesus said his word going to judge us in the last day. But not only is it authority, it has the answers. Second uh, Peter 1 and verse 3, As his divine power has given, us, given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue. Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119 and verse number 130, The entrance of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. You and I face things in life where we need answers. And we cannot get ourselves. The sister that I asked for prayer this morning goes in for a simple surgery. Ends up having one blood clot after another. And then one surgery after another to remove the, the, uh, the blood clot. Other things have happened. And she finally got better and, and went home uh, just a little over a week ago, before coming this morning, uh, I got uh, the, the call that she'd been rushed to the hospital and she's now in ICU because they are found bleeding on her brain. But the thing about it is, uh, I have confidence that she'll keep her trust in God. Uh, I'm talking about a sister that has grown in the Lord since she came became a member of the body of Christ. I'm talking about a person that I experience, that I know as a person that believes God. Because when it comes to the answers, that's where they're going to come from. Uh, 
she, they, she didn't know I was out of town. They wanted me to come to uh, the hospital. I let them know I was uh, uh, out of town. And uh, it's good that they have confidence in me as a minister. Uh, some people think that, you know, if the preacher shows up, that's God showing up. But understand that God's going to show up anyway. What I'm trying to tell you is we're going to face stuff in life that we're going to need some answers. Learn to consult God's word. Make that the first place that you go. There are many things in this world that concern us, confuse us, and confound us. But, but it's the Bible, I find, that gives clarity to life. And the added feature of consulting God's word and doing things God's way is that God follows up with blessings. God will not bless and keep the man that does not do according to his will. But God will open up doors and work out things for those who do things his way. And we cannot make it. I don't know about you. I cannot make it without God's help. But with God, I can. And then secondly, fellowship in God's established way. In our modern times, there is the temptation and the tendency to allow technology to substitute for that which God has established. As I said, when it comes to the sharing of the gospel, yes, we can use the media, we can use other things, but at some point, that person is going to have to be taught. They're all going, shall be taught of God, and he that has heard and learned of the Father will come to me. Sad to say, some are, are, are willing to allow technology to replace something that, 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 that maybe should not be replaced. Uh, even when it comes to the assembling of ourselves together in one place where we are actually together. Hebrews 10.25, and I, I look at that, let's say all this in light of even that passage, tells us that we need to not forsake the assembly, we need to assemble ourselves together. Uh, now, some of your kinfolk in Jackson, I know that's not you, uh, do it in other ways. We, we've got a couple of folk that... Uh, you know, when I call them, I say, I miss you. Oh, oh, I, oh I, I, I watch the TV program. Uh, that the idea is with them that watching the television program is worshiping God acceptably on the first day of the week. Uh, they think that by saying a prayer and listening to the TV message, they're doing just enough when it comes to worshiping God. Uh, and I, I, I don't see that. I don't, I don't see watching the services over the internet, substituting for coming to the assembly. I mean, I tried that when, when they had the law out, you know, or, uh, when COVID was hot and uh, they, they were saying it's in our area, no more than 10 people together in one place and all of that kind of thing. And, uh, uh, you know, we kind of wanted to kind of uh, buck against that, but we decided that we would use the, uh, the, uh, the Internet and Zoom and other things like that, all that we could in order that we might be able to, to uh, offer the, the, the worship of God. But I'm going to tell you something, folk. Sitting at home, even with my lovely wife, watching by way because uh, uh, our co-minister, Brother Jones, and I, we would substitute, uh, and uh, if it was his Sunday to, to, to preach, then we, we stayed home because only people were there were the staff, the media staff, uh, and, and, and the, and the uh, song leader and the speaker. Uh, and then there was the time that we did get the COVID <laughs> ourselves. 
and we're sitting there watching. And it's kind of an enjoyable thing, but that just wasn't it for me. I mean, it's kind of like to me trying to have a relationship with my wife over the Internet. All right, some of y'all lit up on that one. Some of y'all, you, but hey, I'm, I'm with you now. I really understand what you what you what you're talking about. And then I, I find that some of the people that do that, uh, they stay home, they stay in their pajamas, they sipping on coffee. Kids are playing in the other room and not sitting there and and watching the service. That's not worshiping the God that we serve. Now, now understand me. We recognize the fact that I'm not talking about those who are shut in, those who have to sit with those who are shut in, and they want to have that as an avenue of connection. But 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 watching over the internet, uh, I, I just don't see that being a substitute for a person being able to attend the assembly of the saints. Now, y'all like me, uh, amen, uh, this morning, and uh, that might change tonight. Ain't nobody going to be putting nothing on that, on that lunch menu <laughs> after this. But I remind you again that when God gave his word, he did so in view of the fact that God knows what the future holds. God already knew about the internet before the concept even came to man's mind. And there's plenty of evidence in the scriptures to support the physical assembly of physical bodies in a common place to worship the Lord. And I'm just saying to you tonight uh, that I would trust and I encourage you to keep that concept in you and that concept in your mind that we need to be together. Because how can I speak to you in some hymns and spiritual songs and you speak to me if we ain't together? You know, we tried to do that thing on Zoom. You ever tried to have a, a, a congregational song on Zoom? One person's at one place in the verse, another person's at another place in the verse, and nobody is edified. We sound more like 1 Corinthians 14 than we do, the, amen, what we ought to be doing. We're confused in ears, and nobody is getting an understanding. Uh, we need to be together to encourage one another. The Lord's Supper is a communion. It is a joint participation. It is a communion. And we come together to honor God in that way. And of course, I think that the real issue for some of your kinfolk back in Jackson is that some, of, some people just don't love the Lord enough to, to be faithful in assembly. The thing about it is, COVID didn't keep us from Walmart. Now, I'm talking about your folk back in Jackson. Now, I know, I know y- y'all ain't got a Walmart close by, do you? <laughs> you have to drive a few miles uh, in order to get there. But if you went to Walmart and you drive a few miles to get to Walmart, but you didn't drive just across town to come to worship, now your kinfolk back in, they'd go to Walmart. They'd go other places. They'd have gatherings together. Sometimes in their home, and they'd go to gatherings at, 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 at other places and then claim that it was too dangerous for them to come to worship. The thing that struck me is the context of Hebrews 10, 24 and following is a physical assembly, but we consider one another. And it was an encouragement given at a time when the church was under persecution. Verse 34 shows that they endured the plundering or seizing of their belongings, but in spite 
of the threat of persecution, they were to risk their lives to come to the assembly of the saints. The idea of coming together is found over and over in the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul discusses the communion of the Lord's Supper. He spoke several times about coming together. And I was and add to that the fact that, that we are the body of Christ who are members of one another, who edify one another, suffer with one another, rejoice with one another, and it, it takes face-to-face human contact. One of the things that uh, I, was, uh, I was a licensed professional counselor, and one of the things that became one of the going things is one of the reasons I decided I was going to retire my license and not do that is a lot of companies wanted to go to video counseling. And we've had a few years to do that. But it's being shown that video counseling and phone counseling don't have the same impact as mono-on-mono face-to-face contact does. It's a good tool. It's a good tool. However, it's not the most effective way. So, so I want to I want to I want to honor God in the best way that I can. I don't want to do anything that uh, will, the Hebrews 10 text, that will insult the spirit of God who saved me by his grace. I, I'm careful that I not do anything that will insult this God who sacrificed his son for me. I, I don't want to uh, do, get close to doing anything that is going to uh, uh, insult this God that has so richly blessed my life, who is to be glorified above the heavens, who's, who's given me food and clothing and, and, and shelter and, and transportation and, 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 and health and an opportunity to enjoy good things. I want to do the best I can to honor this God. And I just need to make sure that technology does not hinder me from giving God the best that I ought to be giving God. Technology can be good and useful. And guess what, folks? More technology is coming. I don't know what they're going to come up with next. But I know what I'm going to stick with. I'm going to stick with the word of God. I don't know where the world is going to go next. But I know what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the word of God. I don't know what's going to come down the line next. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay in line with what I learned from the word of God. Because I know that it is God that's going to carry me through. It's not technology. Now, he may use technology. I'm glad for the technology. I'm glad if I go to the doctor, he has some technology that will, that will help me in some ways. Even though sometimes, like in the situation we heard, all the doctor can do is throw up his hands and say, I don't know. And then you've got one doctor saying one thing and one doctor saying another. We need someone that's going to hold us in the midst of all of these turmoils in life, and I'm saying that it's going to be God, that we got to hold to God's unchanging hand in spite of, of all things. Let me close once again by reminding us we're focusing on sustaining faith. But just in case there's somebody listening or somebody here tonight that cannot depend on that God's sustaining faith, and sustaining grace because they have not submitted to his salvational grace. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 uh, tells us that it is by grace that we are saved. 
Paul said in 2 Corinthians that when it came to his throne in the flesh, that God's grace was sufficient. Well, the grace of 2 Corinthians 12 is that sustaining grace, while Paul is talking about saving grace. The same is true can be said when it comes to faith, that we must be subject to the gospel of Jesus Christ and come to God by faith. For you're all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So says Galatians 3, 26 and 27. And then to take it a step further, when we come through the gospel of Christ and obedience thereof, and we come to God for the salvation of our souls, he does something with us. He adds us to his body, the church. His body of the church is not the building, it's a group of people who are the ecclesia, the called out of God, who have been bound together in God. And being bound together, we support one another. We love one another. We edify one another. We suffer even with one another. We rejoice together with one another. It's, 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 it's a marvelous thing to me to be a member of the body of Christ, the fellowship of those who belong to Christ. And the same action that places us into Christ places us into the body of Christ because the church, Ephesians 1, verse 22 and 23, is the very fullness of Christ. So if you have not obeyed the gospel, we would encourage you to obey the gospel. And if you have any questions about that, any questions about how that, uh, how, uh, what we must do to, in order to accomplish that, please certainly let us know. But just in case there's somebody here tonight that's outside of Christ and you're listening and you want to be saved, be saved. Save yourselves. I repeat what Peter said. Save yourselves from this wicked and untoward generation. Or perhaps, just like we heard earlier, in your life, there's something going on. And young people, young people, young people, don't think we old folk don't understand, don't think that we don't know. Yeah, there are some things we do not know. But it ain't your friends on social media that's going to really take you in the right direction most times. You need to bring it to the Lord. And you need to talk to a responsible adult who can help you. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't let nobody tell you that it's not going to work. Because though yours might not be exactly the same as ours, I think all of us can say, been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. If that's you standing in the need of prayer, right now we'll have our imitational song. Let's stand together and encourage you one another in song. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us haste, oh haste to its spring. Tis the fount of love from the source above, and he bids us all freely drink. Will you come to the fountain free? Will you come, tis for you and me, thirsty 
Supper this morning. It's been prepared in our fellowship hall. Uh, you'll pass that way during the singing of our closing song. Number 859. What a song of delight in that city so bright. We'll be wafted neath heaven's fair dome. How the ransomed will raise happy songs in his praise when all of God's singers get home. When all of God's singers get home, where never a sorrow will come, there'll be no place like home when all of God's singers get home. As we sing here on earth, songs of sadness or mirth, tis a foretaste of rapture to come. But our joy can't compare with the glory up there when all of God's singers get home, when all of God's singers get home, where never a sorrow will come, there'll be no place like home, when all of God's singers get home. Having overcome sin, hallelujah, amen. Will be heard in that land or the foam. Every heart will be light and each face will be bright when all of God's singers get home. When all of God's singers get home, where never a sorrow will come. There'll be no place like home when all of God's singers get home. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blessings of this wonderful day and the messages that Brother Hayes has brought to us, Father. It not only gives us energy and renews our strength for the task that we face this coming week, 
But, Father, it gives us hope and especially instruction on how to live in this evil world. Father, we need your help daily. And we love you for giving us your son as a sacrifice to make that as a means possible. So strengthen this family. We're thankful for Brother Lavelle. And we look forward to assembling together tomorrow night to hear another portion of your word. To hear his thoughts, Father. We ask and seek your protection and your care until we assemble again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again.